I want to remind you of the definition of the word deep. All right, everybody say deep. Deep. Here's what it means. To extend far down from the top or surface. Right? So there's this idea of a surface level, and then you go beyond that surface level. You go down a little bit further. You go, you go deeper. All of us, in one way or another, have relationships. Right? You have relationships with family. You have relationships with friends. We know about relationships. And usually there's categories. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Here's what I mean. Some of these categories stay surfaceable, right? Other categories go a little bit deeper. You're like, when I hang with these people, I kind of keep it cool. I stay on the surface. It's all good. And then when I hang with these people, that's when I go deep. They know what's really going on in my life. They know about my pains and my scars and my story. We go deeper. Can I just encourage you? I, I want to enc- nudge you. We at Walk Church want to push you a little bit into the deeper end. We don't want you to drown. We're not trying to say, all right, go, go to the deep end. We're just saying, hey, if you stay in the kiddie pool of Christianity too long, you'll take your floaties off. You'll say, this is nice. I like to splash my Christian friends. We like to hang. We're comfortable. We're relaxed. We got the same place we go to every time we come into this area. We sit here. We we get our cocktail that's non-alcoholic, right? <laughs> I don't know. We, we, just, we, just, we just remain here. And 20 years later, you're still there. This is not the church for you. If that's your mentality, we want you to come, but every year we're going to continue to nudge you to go deeper. Some people may be in different parts of the ocean of Christianity. What we just want to encourage you with is that you don't stay the same. That's where you came from. It's 2020 new. Amen. It's 2022. And we're praying, okay, God, I don't want to go backwards. What does it look like for me to go deeper? So that's what this month is all about. And we've been identifying different sermon points to lean into. We kicked it off at the beginning of January with a message I preached called Deepen My Focus. Like if we're really going to do this, if we're really going to step out of the boat, we got to be focused. Amen. We got to be locked in on Jesus. Last week, Pastor Mike preached an excellent sermon called Deepen My Discipleship. He talked about some tough words from Jesus on following him. If you didn't get a chance to check it out, go to walkchurch.com, visit the sermon archive. This week, I've been praying about the topic, and I say that honestly, I was really praying about it. Lord, what subject would you want us to go deeper in? I don't want to lean on my own logic or my own intuition. I want to get the sermon topic from prayer. Amen. Lord, what, what do I need to preach on? What do I need to hear? What does our church need to hear? And I, I sense this in my spirit. If you're ready, say ready. The title of today's sermon is Deepen My Hunger. Deepen My Hunger. Now, if I'm going to be completely transparent today, I don't know if that's just because we're in a fast, if that was the Lord or if that was my stomach. But I think it applies to this moment today. As I began to just test that thought deep in my hunger, kind of jumped on my spirit, and I just began to pray and think through, what does it mean to deepen my hunger? What is hunger? What is hunger? Let me give you a definition. The word hunger means to have a strong desire. The word hunger means to have a strong craving for something or someone. Amen? To, to, to deepen your hunger means I'm going to go beyond the surface 
and what I desire. I'm going to go beyond the surface in my cravings. We all have desires, amen, for something. We all have cravings for something. And I want to remind you that your cravings are actually indicators that you want something. Your, your cravings are indicators in your mind, in your heart, that you're desiring something or someone. And what if today you even focused on my, on my crave? What am I craving? And then maybe you can ask, why am I craving that? Why, why am I desiring that? And this is helpful for us because I believe it, it has direct implications to our emotion, to our happiness, to our purpose, to our joy. And that's actually found in the Word of God. So if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to focus on one verse right now and go from there. Matthew 5, verse 6. If you got it, say, I got it. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're flipping, say, I'm flipping. If you're scrolling, say, I'm scrolling. All right, well, hopefully you don't scroll on the wrong thing, right? Hurry up and scroll there then, okay? Lord, I pray right now you'd speak to us through this message. Take us deeper in our hunger, in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's what Jesus writes in Matthew 5, verse 6. Come on, read it with me. Ready, set, go. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I love this verse right here. Let me just double click on the word hunger, because I believe that what we hunger for matters. And today, if you could grow a stronger desire a stronger craving, a stronger hunger for the things of God and not just the things of this world, here's what it's going it's, to lead to. It's going to lead to blessing. The reason why hunger is so important is because hunger leads to blessing. You will have a more blessed 2022 the more hungry for God you get. The more you get hungry, remember, what's the definition? A crave, a desire. The more hungry you get for the Lord, the more blessed you become. Now, be careful. The way the Bible defines blessing may be different than the American Christian version of blessing. Often when we think blessing, we think toys. We think cars, we think house, we think materialistic things. Can I just say that this word blessed may not have anything to do with material or it may have to do with material. Only God knows what you need. I just know if you grow in your hunger, you'll grow in your blessing. The word blessing in the Hebrew means happy. Here's why hunger matters. Hunger leads to happiness. In this case, if you have a deeper hunger, thirst, for righteousness, you'll be satisfied. So today, I want to encourage you. If you, go, if you go deeper in your hunger, oh, it's going to help you win. I think there's a temptation when you hear a topic like this, especially during 21 days of prayer and fasting, especially when we're, we're going deeper, it can feel heavy. I want this less to feel heavy and more to focus on happy. If you go deeper in your hunger, I think it's going to be the most important blessing in your life this year. Amen? Amen? So here's what I want to talk to you today about. I want to talk to you about some specific topics, and depending on our time, we might just focus on one topic, that if we go deeper in this topic, it's going to help you win. 
It's going to help you experience satisfaction. It's going to help you experience blessing. If you're ready, say go. Okay, let me give you this one. A deeper hunger for the word. A deeper, beyond the surface, beyond the surface level, a hunger. What's hunger? Come on, are you listening? Come on, give me a dialogue. I don't want a monologue. I'm not just talking. A strong desire or crave. What if you got a stronger desire or crave for the word? I think this could be a game changer. Now, I'm just saying this, maybe this is just for me. But I believe it's for you too. To grow in a stronger desire, a stronger crave for the word of God in your life will help your soul. Amen? Let's talk about it. I want to give you a few reasons why I believe this is true. One of the reasons is because the word of God is living and active. For my note takers in the room, it's good to see y'all taking some notes. The word of God is alive. The word of God is active. Hear me when I say this online. Go ahead and type that online, living and active. There is no other book. Everybody say no other. There is no other book in the history. There's a lot of books. There's libraries on libraries. There's no other book like this book. There's no other book that can claim to be living and still active. You could be alive and not active. This book is alive and it's active. This book right here, if you, if you deepen your hunger for this word of God, it will activate things in your life that maybe have been dormant for too long. Word of God, activate. Amen? Activate something in me that's missing this year. I want to go deeper. The Bible is living and active. Check this out in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Oh, I love the 412 verses. Amen? Hebrews 4, 12. Listen to this word. If you're ready, say ready. The word of God, for the word of God, for the word of God, whoo, is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints. The word of God goes beyond the surface, amen? The word of God goes beyond the surface of skin. It goes beyond the joints of your body beyond the marrow what is marrow vanessa woody what is marrow right the word of god goes beyond the marrow it begins to discern your thoughts you think you're reading the bible the bible's reading you it's reading your thoughts and the intentions of the heart that your 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 heart Sometimes it's agenda-driven. Your heart will start creating and forming thoughts. You need to balance and test those thoughts with the Word of God to see if even the intentions of your heart are right. Because they might not be. And who's going to hold you accountable? Because, you know, you only have serviceable relationships. You might not go deep. And the Bible is saying, you know what? I can be the relationship you need. Praise God for the word, amen? What if this year you made your best friend the word of God? I don't have many friends, but I do always got the word. And he speaks to me all the time. Got 66 love letters from God. Some are a little deeper than others. Some are a little harder to figure out. But this book is living and active. I remember once 
hearing Dr. John Piper say, I've never met a man or a woman who had a profound, a profound impact on the kingdom of God with their life that didn't first have a strong desire for the word of God. Amen? So I've never met somebody who had a, a profound impact that didn't first have just this overwhelming crave for the word. 2022, God, take us deeper in your word. As a pastor who serves to help people, I would have a lot less counseling appointments. <laughs> if people just first went and got hungry for the word, the word of God would discern their intentions, their heart. It would pass through the soul and the spirit. It would pierce through the division and people would go, oh, all right, I got what I need. I don't even need to call Pastor Hyden. Because you know what I'm often going to do? I'm going to say, let's go to the word. I can't give you my opinion. My opinion is not that sharp. My opinion is like a butter knife. This is a two-edged sword. Come on, right? This, is a, this pierces through the division. This divides carefully, meticulously. The, the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, this word is living and active. Lord, activate us today. Amen? I want to encourage you to deepen your hunger for the word. Now listen to me. Let me see everybody's eyes. Don't miss this. There's a temptation. There's a temptation online. There's a temptation that in a sermon like this, you might be tempted to think, okay, I need to read the Bible more. I went to church. Pastor Hyden got up and thumped me. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying, read the Bible more. Here's what I am saying. There's a difference. What I am saying is deepen your hunger for the word because we tend to go get the thing we're craving, right? If you're craving a vanilla latte, you go get it, <laughs> right? If you're craving a Chick-fil-A sandwich with the Chick-fil-A sauce on the side and the Arnold Palmer, Lord, help me, help me. You go get it, amen? Come on. If you desire to go get something, you tend to... So I'm not saying go read the Bible. You can get that from today and it'll still be stale. What I'm saying is if you deepen your hunger, you might actually do it and want to. God, deepen my hunger for the Bible. Deepen my hunger for the Word. Because this is the thing that's going to help me live satisfied. This is going to help me live the blessed life that you've called me to live. So I'm not just saying, read the Bible more. I'm saying, no, get, get a deeper hunger for it. These sermons are really prayer points. It, it, it's less of an action step. It's more of a prayer to pray. The thing I'm praying, God, deepen my hunger for the word. It's so important because every day you wake up and you have the choice, deepen my hunger for the word or deepen my hunger for the world. Does anybody ever feel the tension? It's just me. Wake up. You're laying there. I got two choices right now. I can go to the word. I can go to the world. What's your decision? That decision's important. It's because what you decide there will be the thing that fills your mind and fills your heart. And I guarantee if you go to this device, sometimes it's not a smartphone. Sometimes it's a dumb phone. 
Come on, sometimes it's an idiot phone. So what you start, you go, you go, you go straight to. You, maybe you go straight to social media. <clears throat> Bad choice. Maybe you go straight to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, and then by the time you get to the last one, you get a ding from a different one. You go right back through. Then you get an email. Then you get a text message. And then you check ESPN, and I wish the Raiders won. Ooh, I do. Or you could have used that 10-minute block that you probably didn't even have. You could have got deeper in the Word. It depends what you're hungry for. Because what you're hungry for, you tend to go get. Nothing's living and active. Right? Let me give you the second point. Here's why I want you to grow in your hunger for the Word. The the Word of God is living and active. The, The Word of God is a light for my path. Hear me when I say that. It's, this is helpful to know. The word of God is a light for your path. Let me show it to you. Psalm 119, verse 105. For your word is a lamp to my feet, and say this with me, and a light to my path. The author of Psalm 119 is authoring this chapter, and he's reminding us that it's the word of God that lights up your path. I don't know about you, but I don't like being in the dark because I tend to trip on things. Get a little stumbly and clumsy. Amen. I was here in this office the other night. I turned the lights off in the back. I set the alarm, walked out, tripped right over one of these blue chairs and frustrated me. Amen. Right. I said, Man, I need a light. Turn my light on. Right. Help me to get out of here. Maybe you need to get out of a situation. You need the word. The Lord is a light for your path, a light for your next step. The word is a lamp. This is a lamp. Help me see what's in front of me, God. Help me see what's the right next step. Help me to make the right next decision. God might not give you the the word to letter Z. He might give you the the word to letter B. Because I want you to to remind you that, I mean, the book of Psalms, thousands of years ago, but present relevant truth, right? This word at this time, they didn't have LED lights. They didn't have phones with flashlights. They didn't have whatever you may be thinking of a light. They had a little oil with a wick, and you light that thing, and it gives you just enough light to see what's in front of you. Amen? This book, if you get in it, will give you just enough light to take a step. You, can I just say this? You can't afford not to read this book. If you feel like, man, I just am in a funk, I just keep slipping, I just keep tripping, I just keep making the wrong decision, friend, get some light in your life. Open up the book. Open up the word. It, it could help you. It could lighten your path. I'm not, I'm not just talking about a word of the day. Amen? I'm talking about spending some time in this book and allowing this book to transform your heart, your thinking, your mind, friend, deepen your hunger. Amen? It depends on your path. You ever felt like, God, I don't know what path I should take. Which path should I go? Can I help you with a scripture? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Just spending some time in the word of God could help you have the right decision to make regarding your path. If you got to say, I got it. Let me give you the third point. Let me give you a third reason why I want to encourage you to grow a deeper hunger for the word. The word of God is bread for my soul. 
Don't just see this book as pages in font. See this book as bread. Amen? See it as bread. Right? There's this story in the Bible. I love it. Um, if you ever get a chance to read it, it's in Matthew chapter 4. And there's this occasion where Jesus feels led by the Spirit of God to go into the wilderness. And he begins to go on his own 40-day prayer and fasting journey. Amen? We get our prayer and fasting model, come on, from the Lord Jesus himself. Right? We're not trying to invent anything new. We're trying to follow what Jesus sparked. And we learn that from the Word. So Jesus started his ministry, 40 days of prayer, 40 days of fasting. But can I tell you this? Prayer and fasting, it alerts the devil that you're about your business. Don't be surprised if during these 21 days you feel more attacked than you do on any other season of life. Because prayer and fasting is so powerful that the devil goes, whoa, I got to stop what I'm doing over here and focus on y'all now. Jesus decides to go on a 40-day prayer and fast. It triggers the devil to bring his temptation. Amen? Matthew chapter 4, the devil pulls up on Jesus and starts to speak to him. Hey, Jesus, you know you're hungry, right? I know you're hungry. Let me test your divinity. Turn that rock into a piece of bread. Now, notice Jesus' response. You ready? Here, look at Jesus' response, Matthew 4. But he answered, and Jesus is, he's so, he's so clean with it, so smooth with it. Jesus says, it is written. Now, check that out. Jesus responds with the word. Come on, you got to know what's written to be able to say it is written. Jesus goes, Jesus doesn't say, hold on a second, devil. I know it's in here. Was it in Romans? Was it Corinthians? No, it's in the Old Testament. It's the Old Testament. Jesus goes, I already know the word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus affirms here that the word of God is even more powerful than the physical bread that comes from this world. Now notice, Jesus doesn't demean or devalue physical bread. He just says that man can't live off it alone. Here's why you need a deeper hunger for God's word. Because it's bread for your soul. Can I just say that the, the, the world, the things of the, the world, the Bible says the elementary things of this world are a lot like candy. Can I say that? They're, can they're starbursts, amen? Right? You, you, you wake up and you check all of those apps all throughout the day. You're all about the different things happening in the world. It's candy. It, it doesn't satisfy you. It doesn't fill you, amen? It, in, in a lot of ways, you might feel like, man, it harms me. Right? I want to encourage you today. Replace the can You can't live off of candy alone. You need some bread in your life, amen? Open this book. Pick a book in it. Just say, you know what, God? I'm going to read a chapter a day. I I'm going to read a chunk a day. Friend, I, I, I am not against the word of the day. That Come, come on, 
app. I don't need you to give me a badge for reading my Bible. I, I, I need, I need, I'm, a girl, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for the word. Come on, I don't need a pat on my back for getting in the word. I need the word of God. Right? I'm hungry for the word. I'm, I'm, I want to go deeper. Man, I can't live off this bread from the world alone. I can't live off sports scores. You know why? Seasons end. Players get traded. Stuff happens like that. And guess what? It's candy. I'm not saying that it's bad or it's wrong. I just can't live off that alone. It's so, it's so ever-changing. It's so feeble and fickle. Can I tell you what doesn't change? Can I talk to you about the Word of God? Can I talk to you about this bread? Amen. That seems to stay consistent through the ages that there's a verse in scripture. Oh, it's in first Peter chapter one toward the end of the chapter. It says it says that our flesh may fail, but the word of God remains the same. Amen. Forever. Right. The word. Come on. The word. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. That's good. And true for me and you. And, and, and I just, I really do, I want to encourage you. Grow in your hunger for it. It's worth it. If you replace your hunger for the word with a hunger for the world, it's not going to be worth it. But if you, if, you, if you replace your hunger for the world with a hunger for the word, oh, the difference is one letter. You know the letter? What's the one letter? It's the L. Depends if you're going to take an L or not. You replace your hunger for the word with a hunger for the world. That's an L. Take out the L. Hunger for the word. Right? And again, I'm not saying there's a time and place for certain things, other things in your life. I believe the kingdom of God makes its way into every minute thing in this world. I believe Jesus is in the world. Not of it, but in it, transforming it. What I want to encourage you with is to maybe do an analysis on yourself and say, man, is my hunger more for the world? More for the word. I'm speaking this message from a position of humility because this is a message for me. Sometimes I'll sit there, Bible open, phone open. Sometimes I'll be literally thinking, all right, let me just finish reading this so I can get to what I really want to get to. It's a hunger issue. Email open, halfway typed. All right, I know I'm supposed to read this. All right, check. That's, that's a chore, amen? I want to grow a deeper hunger where everything fades to black and white, but the word glows in color. And I, I have a relationship with God through his word. It, it, there's a scripture that says faith comes by hearing in hearing do y'all know it the word you deepen your hunger for the word you deepen your faith your faith grows bigger the more you deepen your hunger for the word you deepen your hunger for the world your faith grows smaller i don't really know if i believe anymore oh yeah you've been hanging around with the world people that got big faith maybe you've been hanging around with the word the word will remind you all the things that you need for faith, for practice, for truth. Second Timothy 3.16 says the word of God, right, is inspired by God for our good, for our reproof, for our coaching, for our correction. Brothers and sisters, 
deepen my hunger for the word. Amen? Deepen our hunger. Again, I'm not trying to smack you over the head with this book. I'm trying to encourage you to pray for hunger. Because we tend to go get what we're hungry for. Can I give you the, give you the fourth one? Two of y'all? Yeah. Let me see if I can get half the room. Can I give you the fourth one? Yeah. All right. Let's do the fourth. The word of God is a source of strength against lust. Grow your hunger for the word because it will be the source of strength in the battle against lust. When I talk about lust, I'm not just talking about sexual activity that's outside of the marriage relationship. I'm talking about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the lust for more stuff. Amen? The lust for, I need this. I want what you got. I'm, I'm lusting after it. Ooh, I really want that because I think it'll make me happy. No, I just read a verse that says happy is the person who's hungry for righteousness. Amen? Don't let the enemy twist you. Don't let your own mind twist you. Don't let your own heart twist you. Amen? Let the word inform it. The word is a source of strength against lust. Let me prove it to you. Psalm chapter 119, verses 9 through 11. Somebody say go. How can a young man keep his way pure? This word right here can be interpreted man or woman. How can a young man or young woman keep his way pure? By guarding it. Everybody say guarding. guarding. By guarding it according to your word. The psalmist here is talking to us, encouraging us, speaking to us, telling us, if you guard your life with this book, I'm guarding it according to the word. You'll walk in purity. Matthew 5 says, the pure in heart will see God. You want to see God move in your life this year? Grow in purity. How do I grow in purity? Guarding your life according to this book. With, it, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I love the exclamation points. Come on. This, this psalm was written with some emphasis. Come on, emphatic. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I feel prone to wander sometimes. This book is here. Now I'm doing something I'm not even doing. Why am I doing that? It's not even my thing, right? I'm wandering, I'm doing stuff. You feel like I'm doing stuff that does that's not even me. I'm not, I don't, that's not even me, bro. That's not even me, sis. I know, you gotta get back to the word. I'm trying to find myself. Find yourself in the word. This book is living and, and active with my whole heart. Oh, sometimes I feel like I got a half-hearted approach to the word. My heart's halfway in it, halfway out of it. Sometimes my heart's like a third in the word, but it's like a whole lot in somewhere else. And I want to encourage you to learn from the psalmist and say, what would it look like for me to have a whole heart hunger? Whole heart hunger. I'm hungry with my whole heart. I'm seeking you with my whole heart. Lord, I don't want to wander. I remember learning about Billy Graham, and I was thinking about him recently. Billy Graham was such a beast, right? This, this evangelist that led so millions of people to Christ. He has a great documentary. I believe it's still on Netflix if you want to learn more about his story. But Billy Graham used to keep people on his paid team. They, here, you know what their job was? Keep me from sinning. 
So I travel from city to city, and I go to preach the gospel. I just need you around me. Don't let me do anything that is even remotely close to sin. Keep me. I'm paying you. It's your job. They said Billy Graham would keep a 20 in his pocket. That was it. He said, why do I need anything more than that? Make sure I, check me, make sure I only got a 20. Billy Graham said, look, I can't wander. I, don't, I can't afford to wander in this short amount of time on, on this earth that I have. Billy Graham's gone and went to heaven, right? I don't want to wander. I know that in a moment I can if I'm not careful. I need the word of God to guard me. Verse 11, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I love how the author is transparent here. The author of this part in Psalm says, I might sin against you. I might not. I could sin. I could not. It's might. It's a might. Here's what's going to keep you. Friend, here's what's going to keep you. A deeper relationship with this book could be the very thing that keeps you from ruining your life from making the dumbest decision you could ever make, the thing that might guard you. Come on, I play basketball. Now play some defense, amen? This book will defend you. Start chopping and slicing up the attacks and the darts. From If you don't know this book, you don't got much. Will guard you, guard your heart, guard your mind. I got the word guarding me, amen? That I might not, that I might, there's a chance that I might not even sin today. I don't want to sin against you, Lord. Sin always leaves me feeling worse than I did before. So, Lord, guard me. If you, if you struggle with lust, deepen your hunger for the word. Let me just remind you that everybody in here struggles with lust some way. Don't elevate lust to an elite sin. All y'all have an issue with lust in some type of way, whether it's for the new car or boat or sexual sin or shoes or addiction of something. Maybe you're lusting for a taco right now, okay? I, I can't really call it, but can, here's, how, here's how you can keep your way pure, by guarding it according to the word. Lord, deepen my hunger for the word. I need it, amen? Let me give you the, the last point. To deepen your hunger for the word because Christ is on every page. Right, amen? Deepen your hunger for this book. You know why? Jesus Christ is on every page. You'll find Christ in the word. And come on, who better to know than Jesus? Who better to save, forgive, heal, love, strengthen you than Jesus? From the Old Testament to the New Testament, find Christ on every page. You'll see a Savior. If you read the Old Testament, that left side of your Bible is pointing to the Savior. If you read the New Testament, it's pointing back to the Savior. Amen? What are we doing today? We're looking backwards. What are the Gospels doing? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John pointing to the Savior, teaching us about the Savior. The Bible is about Jesus. If you read the prophetic book of Isaiah, it's going to talk to you about this baby who was born of a virgin and he shall be called everlasting father prince of peace mighty god right this is this is the lord right and i want to encourage you this old testament right in the beginning of the garden 
when the, the word of God came forth to the serpent, and God said, one day the woman shall bear forth a seed, and this seed shall one day crush your head. Who's, who's that talking about? That's King Jesus, who would one day die on the cross and, and crush the, 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 the tempter, Satan, in that moment, right? Who would one day come in Revelation and lock Satan up. Right? We believe in this, that, that Revelation is pointing to a, a Jesus. Why is heaven, why does heaven not have a moon and a sun? Because Jesus walks around and he lights it up. Right? Like beginning in the end, Jesus holds it together. And every word points to Christ. John chapter 1, we're almost done. John 1, verse 14. It's a profound theological statement. Don't miss it. John 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. If you ask Jesus, what are you full of? He said, man, I'm full of grace and I'm full of truth. Not one or the other. It's 100% grace, 100% truth altogether in Jesus. Should be what the church is full of. But we're still working on it. We're going deeper, Amen. Right? This is Jesus. The Word. Notice the capital W. You catch it? Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. Jump over to John chapter 1. It says, And the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and then the Word became flesh. The Word of God. When you see Jesus, you see the Word of God personified. Jesus is the Word of God with skin on. Amen? I love the word because I, I love how Jesus makes himself apparent to us through it. I want to grow deeper in my hunger for the word because I want to grow deeper with Jesus this year. I promise you on the authority of God's word that you will go deeper in your relationship with Jesus as you go deeper in this book. He, he is the word personified. Do a study one day on how many times Jesus says it is written. Jesus is the walking word. When, when you see the, the apostles and the writers of the epistles and the different authors of the New Testament speak, they're, they're speaking these oracles from God, inspired by Christ himself. Good for us, friend. Grow, grow your desire for the word, amen? God, give us a strong craving for your word. I pray that we have moments in our day where we just go, man, I'm just craving something. What are you craving? The Bible. I need a word from God. Like th there's some times where I'll be driving, listening to something, and I just need to play the word. I need a word. Nothing quite compares, amen? Like right now, I'm reading through the book of First Kings. First Kings is on the left side of your Bible in your Old Testament. I'm loving it. I'm learning so much leadership principles from this story. I don't know if you're familiar with 1 Kings. I'll just give you a snapshot. I'm in chapter 8, right? 1 Kings, right? You, you find David finished in 2 Samuel. He's the king, King David. He's made a lot of bad decisions. He's made a lot of good decisions. He's at the end of his life. 1 Kings starts with David on his deathbed, right? You, you, you find David on his deathbed. What a moment to watch. Now, David has a lot of kids, with several wives, 
Not a good choice. Here's some of the fruit of that. One of the sons raises up and says, yo, I'm going to be king when dad dies, but don't let Solomon, my other brother, know because he's going to try to steal it from me. So I'm going to go ahead and start a huge party. I'm going to sacrifice a bunch of animals. I'm going to get my crew with me, and then they're going to make me king. Then they're going to have to find out about it afterwards, and I'll just kill them. (laughs) What? (laughs) Prophet Nathan hears about it. Hey, yo, Solomon, your other brother? He's already went forth to make himself king. He's got all these people with him. They're going to pronounce him as king. You might want to do something quickly. Hey, dad, I know you're about to die. Can you make me king really quick before they make him king really quick? Because he's trying to deceive you, trying to deceive me. Go get your mother. Bathsheba comes in. What's going on? So It's this whole wild thing, right? Whoa, what a, come on, you can't find something like that on Netflix. That's better. That's so good. That's going. That's so much better. Like, whoa, what's gonna happen, right? So Solomon makes this. I'm not even gonna give it. Y'all gotta read it. You gotta go read what happens. It's so rich, right? But there's so many leadership principles in it. There's so much that I'm catching. I remember reading First Kings when I was in college. It hit me different then. I caught different things then. I'm catching different things now. I'm in a different season. I'm not the same. I'm getting better. The word. The word is always changing and shifting and forming us. Things I never caught. I'm catching. But you don't catch those if you don't get in it. I want to encourage. So that's where I'm starting. I, I, hey, Solomon, he ends up becoming king. Just giving you some thoughts here. Check this out. Solomon becomes king. The Lord approaches Solomon. First Kings chapter 3. Solomon, now you're king. I want to give you one prayer request. What do you ask for? What does Solomon ask for? Lord, wow. In a dream. Sometimes I pray for my dreams. Lord, help me to choose you in my dream. Lord, make me the wisest person to ever live. God speaks back. Because you didn't ask for the candy of the world, I'm going to grant you that request. I'm going to make you the wisest person to ever live. What does Solomon do? Writes the book of Proverbs. Why do we read the Proverbs every day? Why wouldn't you? (laughs) The wisest person to ever live wrote a book with 31 chapters, 31 sayings. One of my favorite people to, to learn from is John Maxwell. John Maxwell is a leadership guru. He's written over 100 leadership books. Who does that? Amen. Be like dope to write too. John Maxwell wrote a hundred. I just don't understand that. I was I was in a session with John Maxwell uh, not too long ago, and I remember him speaking. And he goes, "Listen." He goes, "My primary ministry is in the business field. I don't do church ministry anymore. I'm ministering to lost people, business leaders, Fortune 500 CEOs, leaders, and I'm walking them through all these leadership principles on business." And then he goes like this, and it's all from Proverbs. He goes, they won't open the book. I'm taking Proverbs that are timeless truth, and I'm just crafting them into leadership principles, and they love it. They're like, where'd you get this content from? This is so good. It's like, man, this is, this is, this is the word right here. I, I read a proverb a day, and, and let me just go ahead and say this. Don't allow the proverb to limit you. Like, hey, I got the proverbs in this morning. I'm good. Come on, don't. Don't, don't allow the, the Proverbs to be the limit to the Bible. It's a great starting place. Like, like, what if you went to the gym and somebody was like, hey, you know, here's a great starting place. Stretch. Stretch. Don't just jump right in. might hurt yourself. Stretch. I'm stretching the Proverbs today. This is good. Ooh, I feel better now. This stretch was helpful. Feel a, ooh, I have a little pop. All right, I'm good. I'll see y'all later, all right? 
And then someday somebody's like, yo, do you ever work out? Like the Proverbs is a great starting place. <laughs> so there's a lot more to read, amen? I'm just giving you some context on how the book got there. All right. Quote from C.S. Lewis, I'm done. I love this quote right here. Human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. Come on, Bashan, you can come up and we're going to get ready to close in a time of worship. But I just want to speak that to you today, that, that human history, human history is this long, I noticed the word, terrible story, amen? Don't get too familiar with the history books, all right? It's sad. Keep reading 1 Kings. It's sad. The, the, the human history is this long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God, which will make him happy. But remember, Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Your purpose, your happiness, your satisfaction will be tethered to this hunger for God and his word, for righteous living. I was going to talk more about that, but we don't have to put a period on it for, for now. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We need a fresh wind, a fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out. A holy anointing power of your presence. Pour your spirit out. Lord, I just thank you so much, God, for encountering us today online, encountering us today in the office. And God, somebody someday is going to watch this sermon a long time from now, and you're going to encounter them in that moment. God, deepen our hunger for your word. Come on, everybody. Would you pray that with me? Lift your hands if you want. You don't have to. A sign of surrender. Lord, deepen my hunger for your word. Deepen my hunger for your word. Help me to put the video game down. Deepen my hunger for your word. Help me to put sin down. Help me to put social down. Help me to put pornography down. Help me to put the phone down. Help me to put the money down. I don't know what it looks like for you. And help me to pick up your word. Whoa. Help me to pick up your word again. God, we need revival, amen? We're hungry for revival in our city. We're hungry for revival in our lives, in our hearts. Pour your spirit out. We want revival in our city. And we believe revival will hit our city as we get hungry for your word. God, I pray our Bibles wouldn't collect dust on shelves. I pray our Bibles would be dripping with water, with bread into our hearts, into our minds. We believe it. We pray for it. And if somebody here today doesn't know Jesus as Savior, today, right now, I just want to invite you to, to come to him. Come to the bread right now. Just pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, save me. Touch my heart. Touch my mind. Touch my hands. Touch my feet. Save me. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose for me. 
believe you're coming again. Fill me with your spirit. Give me a hunger for your word. I turn from sin. I turn to him. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Come on.